had fun. We got down dancing, and we saw God move through us like I've never seen in my life. For me, this trip was very special because there's, for those who don't know, uh, my wife went home to be with the Lord last year. It was very difficult. I was just broken. And I was praying to God, God, you need to be real for me because we have prayed for her and prayed for her, for her healing because we've seen God heal. But it didn't happen. She went home. So I just jumped into the river, as deep as that river could be, meaning into the Lord, as deep as it could be. And I said, God, you need to show yourself to be real in my life again. I'm not giving up. I'm going to search for you because I know you're searching for me. When we got to Nigeria, in, well, in 1987, the Lord healed me. A miraculous healing that the doctors were even amazed at what he did. And I just said, Lord, my life is dedicated to you. A year later, 1988, we were at a beach, and I was going out to, to get chairs so we could sit on. And my wife and my daughter were, were on the beach. As I'm walking, I hear someone call me, speak to me from outside. It wasn't in here. And he said, my name, he said, Catalino. And as I'm walking, and I go, I didn't see anybody, so I kept walking. Then he, he changed his tone. He says, Catalino. At that moment, I went to my knees, not because I chose to go to my knees. I just, I was forced to go to my knees. And he spoke to me because he said, save my children. And I said, Lord, how can that be? You, you saved me. I, and he said, save my children. And he was saying, I will open the door for you and you will go. And they, they will know that you are coming and they will know that I sent you. When we were at the last church in Warwick, this is the way God works. We're going from the hotel. A Bentley is there waiting for us, okay? In Nigeria, the world's worse. Because we were plastered all over the place. Our faces, our names. And as we're driving to the church, there's this banner that's going across the street that has our pictures on it and everything that's going on in the church. And as I saw that, the Lord said, the word I gave you so long ago was fulfilled this day. And if God has spoken something into your heart and you haven't seen it yet, hold on. He delivers. It took 27 years for me, but he delivers. But over there, when I was there, there was just certain things that stuck out for me. Um, the first church we were at, when we were leaving that church, they had the children, and this is, we'll talk more about that, they were separated, and they were kind of holding them back. And I said, I can't leave without blessing these children. I went to them, and they just, just it was like a wave all around me. And they were saying, bless me, bless me. And I'm praying for them, all of them. And, it, you know, you get so stirred. And then I picked up this little baby boy that was there, and I held him. And he looks at me, and, and then he puts his little hand on my face. And he just holds my face. And he's just looking at me and looking at me. And I just, I could just see the face of God in that little baby. And I knew what we were doing was because what God wanted. As we were going to the different churches, just the love of the people was amazing. And the hunger for the word of God, that they just came and just were, they, they were pulling from you. When we were at the church in Sepa, that's our church that we have there with Pastor Paul, I went to preach at another church. And when I got there, and then the praise and worship was going on. 
And as I'm standing next to the pastor, the Spirit of the Lord begins to speak to me. And he says, he says, look at my children. He says, aren't they beautiful? I want you to tell them that I love them. So when I got up to preach, I gave that little utterance that the Lord had put in my heart. And then I gave my message. It was like their desire to be touched by God just sucked the life out of me. It was, they were just so receiving the word. And then because the message is on restoration. And then I asked for the church to stand up. Those who wanted, I would pray for them. And I, it was almost the whole church, and I prayed. And then I prayed. Then I said, those who want to be, need to pray for them for healing, come up front. We had a bunch of people come up front. And I called the pastor to help me. I thought he was going to be praying too, but he just held the mic as I prayed for them. <laughs> God showed up. The miracles that were happening there were unbelievable. And that was God telling me, Catalino, I never left you. I am with you. And this is on showing you that I am with you. It was so powerful that the pastor went to speak with pastor to tell him what happened there that day. And I was so amazed. I shouldn't be amazed at God, but I was. I was just so amazed at, at what he did. And we went to another church, the one in Warren, where the Holy Spirit came down. Pastor prayed. There was close to a 90-something close to 100 people came up, and the Holy Spirit just came down on them. It was a sea of people praising God in, in the heavenly language, and you could, you, could, you could feel the presence of the Spirit. It was almost tangible. And it was so powerful because when the ones that were sick came for prayer, one lady came, and she was hobbling. She sat down in a chair, and so I asked her what was the problem. She said, I was, I hurt my ankle in an accident, and it's so painful. I have trouble walking. So I started to pray, and then I go down just to lay hands on her ankle just lightly because it was swollen. When I just touched it, it was like the cannon went off. She flew through the air and landed on her back, and then Pastor Paul rushes over, and Rhonda rushes over, thinking she's going to manifest, she's got a demon or something, right? <laughs> but she didn't. And so we help her up, and then we realize, no, that she was fine. In, in that sense, she was, it wasn't a demon manifesting. And we just held her, and we just touched her knee and just prayed for another minute or so. And then she starts doing this. And louder, and louder and harder, no pain, and then she just took off running in the front, just praising God back and forth. She was completely healed. It was obvious world. Another one that was really memorable was a woman came with severe back pain, sitting on the, on the chair. A pastor said that to check to see if the legs are aligned or whatever. I checked her and went down, held her feet. There was almost three quarters of an inch difference, one leg from the other. So I said, wow, this is a lot. So I got up, make sure she was sitting straight, and she was. Checked it again. One of the pastors from the church was there looking, and I said, look at that. And he was like, oh, I don't know. So I started praying, and just praying to the Lord, straighten out the vertebrae. I said, Lord, straighten out the vertebrae and take this pain away. And I did that for a couple of minutes, and then she looked at me, and, I, and then I said, how's the pain? She goes, it's gone. The pain is gone. 
So I went down and I checked her legs. They were identical in length. That three quarter inch difference was gone. And she was like, and it was, you know, it, I was, I've never seen that. I, I, I did there. I mean, there was so much I could speak about, but there was something that really dear to my heart. And I know that Rhonda was touched the same way. To all the churches that we went, there was really no children's ministry at all. The children would sit in the congregation for two or three hours, and they were so well behaved, it was unbelievable. And as we were going to the different churches, at one church where they were building the church, it's going to be massive. We went to pray. They wanted pastor to go there and to pray for that. We went where the children's area was going to be. And the pastor of the church was there, and it's, we were praying and anointing that he was next to me, and the Lord gave me a word. And I gave him the word about the children. He said, don't treat these children as second-class citizens. He said, they are mine, and they are my church. He said, you are to treat them and honor them. And I said, don't spend all your time on what the adults will do, because this is the one that is of the harvest that I want to bring in. And it says, and if you bless my children, I will bless you. And I gave him that word, and he said, we will do it. But everywhere we went, no children's ministry. There were one, the church, the last church we were at, Rhonda and I, we went to their room. It's almost like 49 children were there, packed in the room, hot as hot can be. We were sweating. <laughs> I didn't want to use that word. We were sweating. My, my pants were soaked with perspiration. But those little children were in there. No materials, no Bibles, nothing. A little microphone with a little speaker that didn't work. And as we were seeing that, I said, God, we've got to do something here. We need to do something with the children. And then I was talking to Pastor Paul, and I said, Pastor Paul, why do you think if we did a VBS in our church there in Sepulchre, that if we were able to get all the resources, ship them in, and have a team from us go and stand along with your people to teach them and train them so they can keep this going, and that we could do that. And he said, Catalino, if you do that, it will not only be the children for the church. I'm going to bring all the children that are going to be around this area, and I'll bring them into the church. And so I said, Pastor, because once it's completed, you can just sit five to six hundred people in that church. And he said, this church will be filled if you focus on children too. Just don't leave them there. And as we were going through it and all these things were happening, God was speaking to me. And God was speaking to me. And the miracles, because there were so many miracles. I lost count of the miracles. I lost count. I couldn't count anymore. I didn't. The heartache one was when the children would come with headaches. You'd see these little nine, ten-year-olds with headaches. And I was saying, Lord, why do I pray for them? So I was asking them, are you fearful? Do you worry? And they go, yes. And, they, you know, they had a lot of stress on them. And so I don't know why I did it. I started, like, praying and just taking that burden off of them. And then just, just praying blessings over them, prophesying over them. And as I was doing that, they looked at me and they go, the headache is gone. The headache was gone. And when, when you see what was going on there, we had 
so much here that God has blessed us with. And you see the, the hunger, and they were so fervent in, in wanting to stay and not leave church. It was just something that just pierced my heart, not in a negative way, but in a way that says, we have to reach these people more. We have so much. How can we ask God, bless me? And we get blessed so much here, and yet we know there's a need that's over there. And go, Lord, you know, move, Father God. And I'm just praying and believing by faith that we will get that done together. And I believe the Spirit of God will speak to some of you. And we will go back to Nigeria to separate our church. We're going to do a VBS there for the children. Amen. 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 These guys are preachers now. (laughs) Okay, so it is so incredibly hot. We were sweaty for 17 days straight. When you go into a church, there are no ACs, and they have a couple of fans positioned. And it was amazing because you would see miracles, and we were a part of it. And just like Kat said, we had never seen anything I sounded like Pastor Goodluck because I had put my hands on a woman, and she goes, I'm healed. And I went, really? Like, and she goes, I am, and I almost talked her out of it because I couldn't believe it happened. And she's like, no, it's gone. And you thought, wow. And God told me in my spirit, y'all have more power in you than you realize. Because it's not us, it's the Holy Spirit in us. And we got to learn, I believe we were there because we were being taught. I think we learned more than we gave to them. And um, when the Holy Spirit fell and there were like 100 people, I was counting by two as fast as I could, they all started speaking in tongues at once. And the demons would manifest. And, you know, pastor preaches about it from the pulpit, but when you see it, it's not really scary. They're just people who need healing and deliverance. And I was praying with this woman, and she said her chest and neck hurt, and as I put my hands on her and started praying, she started to manifest. And I turned around, and I was like, help, please. Like, I'm thinking this is going to help me. And we all had one. Linda was bringing one down the aisle. Pastor had his mouth on one. He's flipping one over the chair. I mean, it was just amazing because when the Holy Spirit falls, the demons have to flee. And it was so amazing to see that it was not scary. Not once did we fear anything. It was just, it's just like God's word says, that if you put your hands on the sick, they will be healed. If you cast out demons, they go. One of the sweetest things was we got to counsel, and the four of us sat in the front, and they put a chair next to each of us, and people waited for hours, one at a time, to come tell us what their hurt or their prayer request was, and then we got to pray with them individually. And people came one after the other and would confess deep, dark secrets, and we would just open our mouth, and from the very lessons we had learned ourselves, we were able to minister to them, and they waited and weighed it, and weighed it. And it was just so sweet because, and I know I'm jumping everywhere because you can't, I don't don't have much time to talk and I'm a talker, so I'm, I'm jumping everywhere. This is like two weeks of experience. The other thing that we noticed is every church has a spirit and you can read the church when you walk in. And we would walk into a church and our spirits would go up because we could tell the spirit was grieved. We walked into one church. It was so sweet. We had a God high after we ministered, and we giggled for two days. And we would laugh at the stupidest thing, but it was like the joy of the Lord just fell upon us. We were in one church where the spirit of expectation and anticipation was so great, God had no choice but to show up. 
And it was like you walked in and you could almost taste, Kat and I use the same word, you could almost taste the presence of God in these churches. It was not like, oh, that was nice. It was, you could almost taste it. It was so thick. We were in Wari, and that had the spirit of the expectation and anticipation on them. And in the middle of worship, God just said, bow. And everybody's jumping around worshiping, and so I kind of scoot back. We're always on the front row of honor because we're speaking. That's how they sat us. So I went to the back, and I, I just bowed, and he said, just breathe. So I'm sitting there breathing, and everybody's worshiping, and you could feel, makes me want to choke up, you could feel the worship vibrating through the floor and the foundation of the church, and it radiated in my body, and God wanted me to see it. It makes my hands shake. I literally did nothing but breathe, and my heart pounded, and my spirit thumped, because the worship was that contagious. And these people show up. If I can paint a picture, there's a mom who has a baby on her back and a toddler on her hip and an elementary school child in her hands, and they're walking on what they sometimes call roadless church roads. The roads are dirt, and the holes are so large that we could actually put our car in them, and that is not an exaggeration. There were times we had to move over so the car wouldn't fall in. And they walk at night with flashlights. And there's no electricity and nothing. And these people come to hear God and to worship. And the worship is so intense that the pastor has to call it short. And they are still worshiping. And then they call service and they're still worshiping. And the military is escorting us out and they're still worshiping. And they know it's dangerous to go home and they don't care. Because they want God with such a hunger. Um, what was another thing? I got to, um, they let us pick our groups. And I'm a strong personality, so I wanted to go to speak to the men. And there was one group, it was, sorry, it was all leaders and male people. And I didn't realize it, but I just went towards them. And I got to do a teaching with them. And Pastor OJ, when we got back in his car, he looks at me and he goes, Wow. That was amazing. And I said, well, I'm glad you liked it. And he goes, no, I didn't know that white people in America understood the demonic like that. He said, I thought it was only in Africa. And I said, no, it's there. And so little experiences, like how we have preconceived notions about them, they have preconceived notions about us. Um, There's just so many details I'd love to share. I just can't. And my mind just kind of went blank and there went my list. Um, what was something else that was sweet? The children. Kat and I, we laid hands on every child we can touch. We hugged every child. We prophesied over every child. We anointed them with oil. We spoke into leaders' lives. If you can reach the children and give them the first truths, you can change a city, you can change a nation, you can change Nigeria. And the one thing I want to say kind of sternly but in love to this church that God has put on my heart for days is, We are without excuse if we don't know our God. They have so little. And the passion and the fact that they show up puts us to shame. And um, one of the experiences is like uh, for tithing. They have these little tithing boxes. I need more time. We have little tithing boxes. (laughs) (laughs) We have little... They have tithing boxes, and an entire church 
danced their way to give money to God. It was not like, let's pass the bucket and, oh, my God, I have to pay you again. It was men, women, children, young, old, and they're like this. I'm in heels, so I'm going to try to do my best. They're literally worshiping on the way to give God what is his. And they were happy. And it, it was just that expectation they have so little. If you think you're poor, you're not. These children were naked. They were making their food in the dirt. They were washing their clothes in the dirt. They have no sanitation system there. We drove through dump sites and trash. It is literally on the road. And there's a lack of order, and it's chaotic and things. But I can tell you, God is plastered everywhere, and they make no excuse about it. And I'm not talking about our pictures. I'm talking about like their taxis have names of God. Their billboards have names of God. You walk into the airport and you can talk about God. You walk into the grocery store and you talk about God. Everywhere you go, everybody talks about God because God's it. And here, and it was so sweet. It's, it's not like we went evangelized. It's almost like we were discipling, showing things. Pastor rocks my world. It's hilarious. Like, we had so many people show up at one service. Pastor, we just got all the pastors and said, put hands on everybody. And these pastors didn't know how to do what we call healing. And they put hands on people, and the pastors who had never done this saw healings. Like, God was that strong, and pastor was like, well, this is what you do. Put your hands on them and pray. Go. <laughs> and, and we just... It was literally like you don't have a choice. You just get up and, and do it. Um, there was this one church. I'd like to share this. It's interesting. I got, we all preached on the first day, and I got picked to go the second day to a church. And at first you think, oh, great. And then you get there, and you're like, ooh. And I saw a church rebuke like I have never seen in my life. And Pastor Paul, he's our pastor in Nigeria, amazing man of God. He walked in and took authority over a church that God needed to correct. And I saw church discipline and a rebuke unlike any I have ever seen. And it was needed, and it was timely, and it was still very beautiful. And so when we got to go in, the other thing was every church had a need, and God would put it in our spirit what the need was, and he would bring it to them. He would bring specific messages or a word for them, or a type of thing. God tailored the deliverance and healing that was needed for every church. So he literally gave a specific word. You gotta take the microphone. I keep preaching. It's so good. Give but it it's, it's 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 it's. Give it to me. And that's another thing. You. <laughs> I'm gonna do a pastor. I need the to microphone. Last, next to last point. <laughs> this is the last point. I promise. The <laughs> pastor let us get up and do this kind of stuff. I had never preached before, and pastor goes, you're up. And you stand in front of 200 people, and you open your mouth, and God just shows up and shows off. And, and, and then he goes, we're going to do a healing service. I'm like, I've never done that one either, and God just showed up. And so it was one of those things that we got pushed out of our comfort zone. We... It was so authentic. 
that I want to encourage you to stop playing church and be the church. I, I have never hugged so many stinky, sweaty people in my life. And they have never hugged me so stinky and sweaty in my life. But it was real. They kissed on you and hugged you. And they just were so thankful that we showed up. And so I just want to encourage you. We're missing passion here. God should be the lover of your soul. And it should be so passionate that no, um, pardon me, Pastor, I just got to go here. But like no sex high, drug high, work high, reputation, nothing should exceed the passion that you have for God. And we're looking for it in the world. And God says it's in me. And they have it there. And so they may be lacking in the materialistic things, but they have tapped into the source of life that is an abundant life and a passionate life. And I want to encourage you to be passionate like that, to go all in with God and don't stop till you realize he's all in with you. And just love him with a tenacity and don't quit. I forgive you. (laughs) Amen. But she's, uh, Linda is going to speak, but uh, what she's saying about sweaty, smelly is really, we're all cramped in a small place and there's no air conditioning. It's hot in there. You just, my clothes, your clothes, everything from your top. I think I was sweating on my head so badly. No, you are not saying anything about that. No, no, no. Don't give the microphone to her. No, no, no. We said it died over there and it's not coming here. (laughs) Yeah. I was. Um, it's Linda's turn, please. <laughs> yeah, no, you are not supposed to share that. <laughs> it's not in bad. I was sweating so bad. He was. Go ahead. You can share. You can share. Like Secret is out. We sweat from head to toe. There was nothing on us that was not sweaty, and even the bald spots. <laughs> you heard it. <laughs> You know, they said so much, and um, God brought us there to do a work in our own lives. Sometimes he moves us geographically to do something, and that's what he did in me. He spoke to me in ways he's never spoke to me. He gave me so much revelation. As I was, we were going to Pastor Benjamin's church that night, I mean, before that, in... um, Mm -hmm. I prayed for one lady who had AIDS. And I said, were you hurting before? She says, yeah. I said, are you hurting now? No. Everyone we prayed for, there was either head problems, chest problems, neck problems, stomach problems. Even the little bitty ones had the same issues as the adults. And you're like, what's going on? But as we prayed for them, there was no more pain. All the pain was gone. Everyone was healed. Everyone. Just just lay your hands on them and they'll be healed. Just go and do what God wants you to do. Just show up. He says, open your mouth and he'll fill it. And that's what he did. As Pastor Benjamin, I was sitting there and he says, Linda, come up here. Can I share? Mm -hmm. And he says, he goes, 
Pastor Solomon showed my picture, showed all of our pictures, and he said, Linda, show them, tell them how many grandchildren you have. I said, I have nine grandchildren. And they got so excited. And then he says, she has a fertility anointing. So he had me, he had all the ladies come up there, and they bowed. I mean, did you see someone bow before you? And when they greeted us, they bowed before us. It was just it's humbling for us to see them bow. And so I prayed for the ladies. And it was like something broke in me that night. And I was able to, then the next morning, the Holy Spirit was waking me up, giving me words so that I could minister that morning. Just hours before, the Holy, it was just several days, the Holy Spirit just gave me words to minister to those people. And then the following night, he calls me up again. And he says, Linda, you have a prosperity anointing. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so he had me pray over the offering. So I'm just, thank the Lord. And then the, that, that morning, we were talking about, you know, sharing our scriptures and what God had given us. And I'm like, well, I think, you know, I want to share this. Well, Rhonda said, she knows the stories because I'm talking about, hold on, help is on the way. God had a message for them. So me and her, we tag team, and she told the story. As we're going to there, she's writing the story down. As on the way, help is on the way. When we get there, the pastor is talking about holding on, help is on the way. He's, I mean, it was just, and then the, his wife sings a song about holding on, help is on the way. So we know the Holy Spirit was there. The Holy Spirit was giving us messages. God showed up. Hold on, help is on the way. And it was just awesome experiences. I mean, just time after time, healing after healing, we ministered to so many people. We went to a wedding. Pastor's nephew got married. We met niece. Niece, niece mm-hmm. got married, and the anointing was so strong at the wedding. And I just cried at the wedding because the anointing was so strong because God was just revealing things to me. And it's, it's talking to, just watching the people, how they dance and how long the weddings are. <laughs> it was like 16 points, wasn't it? They, they went over 16 points of their wedding. They had words that they had to say, but it was beautiful and stuff. But I just, um, God did some amazing things, and there's nothing. We, we, can't, we cannot tell you all. Because there's so many people, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who got filled with the Holy Ghost, who got healed, who got healed of things that they were going on in their life. So many prayers and stuff. That's all I want to say. Amen. Amen. We don't have enough time for Pastor Andy to say a word to us. So he's not saying, I'm just joking. You have something to say? I said I got to talk last week. Last week, amen. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Will you put your hands together? Thank you. Amen. Um, in one of these uh, the services we had, um, I think they referred to it, we had so many people come up to for healing because it seems like every night the numbers grew and you have more people coming that I've heard that people were healed 
and came in again for, for, for healing. And then so that night we had so many come up and uh, there was no way we could lay our hands on them. We were just four of us. So I called the pastors and you could see the sh- uh, shock on their faces when I told them it's time for you to pray for the sick. <laughs> and uh, they said, we, I said, yes, where are your leaders? We called them all out and uh, laid hands on them. And they started praying for the sick, and God was also healing the people. Um, if you have an opportunity to go, the next time we go, please go. Uh, it will transform your life, I believe. Amen? Amen? Amen. We thank God for those that went with us. I don't think I have time for a message today, <laughs> so we're going to be closing without uh, a message today. I want to thank those that are visiting with us. We are going to receive our offering. As you know, we, we support God's work here with our offering. The Bible tells us a tenth of what comes in belongs to the Lord. It says it is only unto God. And so we give that tenth to God. That's our way of saying to God, We are connected to you. You are our source. God demands that. Scripture says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And your tithe is really God's, and God says to give it back to him. So that's what we do to support God's work. So we encourage everyone to give something, just as the Africans give, to support the work of the ministry. I hope uh, what was said ministered to you today. How many got ministered to? Can I see your hand up? This ministered to you. That's wonderful. opportunity to prepare it's always a privilege to give to his work the blessing to give to him by show of hands How many wants us to dance again this Sunday? (laughs) Well, are you guys serious? You're going to come up front here and dance? Hey, something is happening at the ark. Wonderful. Hey, guys, where are our musicians? Oh, we're here. Where's Betty? Yeah, we're here. Wonderful. We're going to take our offering, but we're going to dance. (laughs) Lift your offering up to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for the privilege to give into your work. We ask, Lord God, that you receive the offering. Bless it. Bless your people. We are the sheep of your pasture. Thank you, Father. Jesus, worship your Father. 
with our givings. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Let's receive.
The Bible says, in his presence is what? Fullness of joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. When you give, you receive. You sent us out and God brought you joy. And I believe something has broken at the Ark Fellowship. Can I hear an amen? Something is broken. Something is broken. We're free. We're free to worship God. We are free. We are unashamed. We will worship our God. Amen. Amen. We'll be living quite soon. But let me read this scripture. Stay where you are. It says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He, he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. That was my message today. We are the sheep. Amen. Amen. We are the sheep. We are the sheep of his hand. Amen. The sheep, the people of his pasture. This is God's pasture. Amen. We are sheep to him. He knows us very well. He knows you so intimately. You know, God, Jesus prayed in John 17. He said, they were yours. That's God. You gave them to me. God gave you to Jesus. You belong to him. Jesus will protect his property. You are his property. What a place to be. You belong to him. And Jesus prayed for you. That the Father will keep you. Help, Father, help me keep your property that you gave to me. We are his property, amen? And we can go having that confidence. No matter what's happening in your life, you are God's property. God will not let go of his property. God will not let go of you. The disappointments, God will wipe away. God is our good God, amen? God bless you. Where they smith. Now, blessing it. I know.